Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 4, Episode 13. Taylor Marshall and I go around the state for Week 5 as we near the halfway point of the season. Houston drops. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. I don't see how you can hate from outside of the club. You can't even get in. <laughs> Leg out. All right. Here we are. Week five. The midpoint of the season. Still warm. Week five recap here. Taylor Marshall, Colin Altavote in reverse order. I'm Colin Altavote. He's Taylor Marshall. Uh, still warm, Taylor, but we're waiting for that next, the, the, the big drop. The next drop. The drop in temperature. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming, and as our amateur meteorologist, I believe you have it predicted to yes. happen next I, Saturday, right? I think I think next I think next Saturday could be could be good. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm seeing too. So we had a plethora of races today, many of them minus or slightly plus, and we're going to go through a lot of meets here. And then maybe at the end, we'll kind of tally up what, what we learned, if anything. But just keep it moving till we hit the bigger meets, HCC next week. We've yep. got the Laverne night meet the week after that, and then the tournament goes. So what, what did we learn this week? I don't know. We'll go through some things, see if there's uh, anything that we gathered. Um, but otherwise, it's it's been a good season. We'll just keep it moving. Yeah. Crawford County invites Southern Indiana, deep Southern Indiana. Charlestown girls beat Wrights 85 to 94. Charlestown's Jessica McCoy wins 1926. Seniors, Taylor, this is important. You've heard my diatribes on this enough. Why don't you say that? Because I've seniors heard it, take the I've... top three places here yeah. at this meet. And there's a misconception that freshmen and sophomore girls dominate distance running, and it's just not true. Senior girls take the top three places here. Uh, you may go any more than that, or is that good? I think that's good, yeah. It's a heavy overgeneralization, and it's not good for anybody. Uh, on the boys' side, Wright's boys win 67-82 to 82 over Perry Central. Wright's Jackson Nolan. He's a sophomore, Taylor. A sophomore winning the race, 16-19. Girls rating on INCC stats, which has updated as of 8 o'clock on Saturday night, minus 10 for the girls. So 10 seconds slower than this kind of average, whatever the average is. Yeah. And the boys rating plus one. So we're still not getting into, into much plus quite yet. Right. Yorktown invite. Lawrence North girls, 48. Newcastle girls, 56. Daleville's Faith Norris wins the race 2008. On the boys' side, Wapahani 25, Lawrence North 41. Wapahani uh, helped by the individual winner, Nick Cook 16, 27. Girls' rating again minus, minus 12. Boys' rating slightly plus, plus two. So both of those meets kind of similar, uh, similar adjustments. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's just, it wasn't, it wasn't an incredibly fast week. No. um, I think where we were at um, for the girls race, it was pretty good. Maybe not great, but definitely good. It was good. It was, it was average, average to slightly above average for mid September. Fair. But by the time you get to the boys and certainly by the uh, invite races or this, for sure the jv races it was very very warm and we'll get to that meet and the meet we were at did have separate adjustments i believe right. and new prairie our featured meet which we'll get to at the end also separate adjustments yeah uh which was probably warranted given the differences in times of the races and the differences in in temperature uh going south of the border here the Trinity Valkyrie invite Trinity, I believe is an all boys school. And then they have a corresponding all girls school, which is Valkyrie. Uh, and so they share duties at this 
Invitational in Louisville. The Floyd girls were fifth, 148 points. The Court and Central girls lurking to potentially get out of the Brown County semi-state were ninth, 279 points. Uh, Floyd's Caitlin Stewart, 12th, 1847. And then on the boys' side, the Floyd boys were sixth, 196. And uh, Will Conway of Floyd Central, third and 15, 13. Girls rating minus two, boys rating plus 18. So that seems a pretty, pretty disparate difference there between the two, especially considering I, I'm almost positive the girls went first. Right. And let me ask you about this because, Colin, you've taken your team, uh, your boys there and for several years. You you don't go anymore, right? The past couple of years, you've been with Flash and, Rock. And one of the reasons we stopped, before. one of the reasons we stopped was we're, we're purposefully heading 100 miles farther south when it's going to be warmer and where it's going to be warmer and maybe even more humid, right. where we have a good meet in, in our own city. Sure. Um, the other thing was just an overnight trip for, for everybody involved was. There's a lot. So, but lot. my question for you here, Colin, uh, with the big discrepancy in the rating, uh, how much later does the boys race take place as compared to the girls? Like, is it kind of a, a new Prairie situation where there are multiple varsity races? Yes. Um, but I think the, this elite one, when they first started, the elite one was later. And, and then I think they wisened up and, and did it earlier. It is a very, very fast course with long, long stretches, long, flat course. Got it. Uh, okay. Long being long stretches, not long being more than 5,000 meters. Okay. So we don't have a grasp necessarily on the discrepancy in the uh, ratings outside of just the fact that's how the math shook out, right? Can't be mad at math. Math shakes yeah. out a certain way. So we Sounds spit the good. numbers into this algorithm, this Excel spreadsheet. We not being you or I, but we imagine that's how it settled. And uh, that's that's what, what came back back out now floyd did have a better team rating than bloomington north and just uh a little bit under bloomington south so floyd one of the better teams in the southern semi-state even with that plus 18 rating and last week at new prairie i think for the elite race it was plus 17 and then that it readjusted after this week as we got more data and now it says plus 16 for the boys. So, and that makes sense to me having seen those courses and I don't know what time the race was held, but it probably was around the same time that um, Eagle Classic race was the, the previous, previous sure. week. Sure. And uh, if we look Conway's time, his adjusted rating was fourth this week behind the top three from flash track, which we'll get into yeah. very yeah. soon. And he was he was third in that race. Okay. Uh, staying south here, the South Knox invite, South Knox girls 45, Castle 91. Zavery Wiseman, I feel like we talk about her about every week, probably because she wins her races. So pretty good reason. Yeah. Uh, 1925, Peyton Smith of Linton Stockton, 1947. I think we're going to see an increase of uh, boys and girls named Peyton born between say 2003 and 2013 uh, a tight three-team boys battle castle 43 south knox 46 gibson southern 51 so just eight points separating those three teams calvin crabtree of gibson southern wins the race 1658 yeah but like you said, Xavier Wiseman continues to impress um, and winning is a big deal, right? I mean, uh, we'll, we'll look at ratings and, and whatnot, but uh, you compete to win. And so uh, while the ratings may, may say one thing, right, uh, she has plenty ability to be successful late in the tournament at the state meet, as we saw last fall. So, uh you know, with the you and I are big fans of the ratings and and all of the advanced analytics or whatever, but um, you know, a lot of these kids go out there and they just compete to win, and that's you know a big difference maker for many of them. Yeah, and I think, like you said, the the ratings are great, but there's a difference between 
being in a hot race and finishing seventh and your rating says one thing and being in races where you win every single week and have shown a penchant for being able to run better against high level competition. And so, you know, somebody like Xavier Wiseman from Pike Central, who's ranked 27th on INCC stats. Well, that's 27th based on her ratings, based on what she's done in winning these races, often by 10 or 15 or 22 or more seconds. And, you know, how does she do when she gets into it? You know, it might be until the Brown County semi-state and then the state meet. How does she do when she runs against high-level competition? Small sample size, she's only running one state meet because that's all she's been eligible to do because she's a sophomore in high school. Um, But I, you know, I think that's somebody that could, could fare very well at the, at the state meet. Sure. And keep in mind the ratings take uh, and, and, and count the fact that every athlete runs as hard as they possibly can. Right. I mean, that's, right. you can't right. account for otherwise. So it's quite possible that Xavier Wiseman isn't running as fast as possible and just doing enough to win, which is fine. Whatever. She's competing to win. Like there's no, there's no issue with that. Right. Right. She's winning these races. So it's possible that she is a little bit underrated on a, on a site like INCC stats because she's just winning, which is all that we can ask for. Um, and that her, her rating would actually be a lot better if she were in some bigger races, but that's fine. That's not an, an, an issue. And she will show that again, probably late in the season. And even, even if an individual is running as hard as she can, or as hard as he can, you're going to run bet. You're going to run better when you're in a race, right? You're going to run better when you're being pushed the whole way. And certainly someone yeah. like this will, will see that later, you know, later in the season. Right. Uh, that was the South Knox invite the girls rating too, an impressive minus 15. So take, you know, not, not 15 seconds off of Wiseman's time, but uh, cause that's the average, but 12 or 13 seconds off in her adjusted rating is around say 1912. And her rating for the season is eight, is 1856. And that's good enough right now for 27th. Yeah. But again, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll settle this on the course uh, in, in late October over, you know, two consecutive weekends, but obviously one that, that matters the most. Right. Absolutely. Uh, going North here, West Noble invite the home of the second toughest regional in Indiana Homestead girls, 32, Concordia girls, 49, Carroll girls, 85. I omitted the Fort Wayne before all of those, but they all are all in Fort Wayne. Uh, Addison Canablo, a big, big weekend for the Canabros. She wins an 18-19, pretty dominant win. Uh, you gathering anything from that meet? I mean, we know Homestead girls are good. We know Concordia is maybe top 10. Uh, Carroll... Carol's rating is, is, is really good, but they've been missing a, a top runner. If they get her back, she's they're in that mix. If they don't, yeah. they're probably at the state meet, but not necessarily in the top 10. Am I missing something there? I think all those things are fair to say. I think that uh, having uh, Canopolo up front helps Homestead quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, I think that's uh, probably how uh, the uh, New Haven semi-state will shake out. You insert Hamilton Southeastern in that mix, and they're right there in that conversation as well. But those are teams that are easy to, uh, you know, you, you know, lock it down, right? We're talking about make it out. Uh, Carol waiting on their top girl to come back. Let's assume you and I have no inside information, uh, but let's assume she's going to come back and run at a high level. Um, that's going to help Fort Wayne Carroll dance as well and, you know, be in contention for a top. 10 maybe top five spot depending on how she's running so the numbers uh, would have been significantly out of the top five even with her back but i think the i think it'll end up being closer not as deep as it was last year on the girl's side but i think it will be closer than what maybe the numbers project right now and i think right now for so based on today no adjusted ratings based on today columbus north Noblesville, Carmel, Homestead, HSE, the top five. Yeah. That seems to me a pretty fair top top five I, right now. I, I think that is fair. I think things are starting to shake out. But I, I, you know, again, not having Carol's top athlete out there, you know, when she's ready to go, that, you know, that could make a difference. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's enough of a, um, uh, 
I think it's close enough for several of those teams, including Homestead, that, uh, you know, who knows who could pop in there and run really well. There are a lot of crazy things that happened on that last Saturday in Laverne. Um, and and I think I wouldn't count out any of those teams from a spot on the podium right now. On the boys' side, Concordia, 92, Goshen, 114, Homestead, 154, Owen Jackson of Oak Hill High School, located just outside Marion, wins the race 16 minutes and nine seconds, but it was a relatively close race. Goshen's Tommy Claxton ran 16-12, and Leo's Luke Chappelle, we call him the show, 16-19. Girls rating minus three, so Canabal's 18-19, and that context looks pretty impressive. Um, if we scroll down here on INCC stats, as I can do on my fancy phone iPhone 6, no big deal. Canablo with the eighth best adjusted performance this week behind Sutherland, Kiesler, Baker, Farley, Rastrelli, Kennedy, and Zalasco. That's, that's a strong top eight. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, that's that's fantastic, right? I mean, and, and I, it's hard to add to that, right? But um, just, just we will that you put on. Right, well, yeah, but I mean, that's mm. hard to, you know, Incredibly impressive, right? It's a very, very deep year in the girls individually. Right. Uh, and then here we go, kind of top three meets, I'd say, for this week. We may have a little more on these as they do include some top teams. Um, maybe at the end we'll talk about what, what we know. Conference Indiana, this was on the Saraland Park course in Columbus, the Columbus North course. And the Columbus North girls, 20 Bloomington South girls, 55. Bloomington North girls, 80. The uh, Columbus crew, Julie Klaus, Lily Baker, 1-2 again, just as they were at the Eagle Classic the week before. Klaus, 17-28. My daughter is just loving this. I don't know if you're yeah. picking that up. Oh, yeah, we're hearing that. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, she's, yeah. Hey, Caroline, shout out. Yeah, she's, she, she knows I caught, I coached at Columbus North. She's loving it. Uh, Klaus, uh, Altavote, and we're also a big fan of Caroline Wallace here. Yeah, it's Caroline Crew. Uh, yeah. I put Julia Klaus on here, and now as I've said it for about four times, I'm realizing that's not the correct last name. It's Julia Kiesler, 1728, Lily Baker, 1739, and uh, but Julie Klaus did make her season debut, and I think she ran like low 19 minutes for Columbus North. That really strengthens the dog's chances for the state title, right? Absolutely, right. So this was a girl who had run a track for Columbus North. Uh, certainly this past spring, she was not running. Yeah, and I think she'd run the year before that. So in 2020, she ran cross country. In 2021, she did not. Is that what you confirm? She didn't appear in any results. She's not on the team's bio for incc stats right so, so she wasn't in the preseason for this year but correct. she she's got one race now so she has inserted herself into the team for on incc stats and she's listed as uh norse number four runner right and uh that is good for 63rd in the state so north right now is Three, six, forty-nine, sixty-three, sixty-nine for their top five. Yes, so that is a huge, huge game changer for Columbus North, right? So as we talk about who the top teams are in the state on the girls' side, you and I have talked quite a bit about both Columbus North and Noblesville, and now Columbus North has shown we have one more girl to throw out there. Um, who had run on their four by eight this past spring and had run at a high level. Um, and she obviously came out in a low 19, I believe it was 1917 was her raw time on the course there at uh, the home, their home course, right? That is because they hosted the, the conference meet. Yep. Um, so, you know, Julie Klaus will be a big uh, factor for Columbus North and, and maybe enough at least the advanced analytics says so as of now to propel them to be the favorite uh beyond the noblesville millers but 
we have yet to see those two teams fully go head to head, right? They missed out on an opportunity at Columbus North uh, a couple weekends ago, but we'll see them at Nike Twilight here in at least, uh, I guess, two two weeks from today. Two weeks from today, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, uh, like two weeks from now, like almost exactly, right? It's uh, yeah. At night. I think that race is at nine. Yeah. And that will be uh, a good pre I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, again, there, there are things that can happen along the way, but I, you know, that, that'll give us a, an early, early ish, right. We're a month away from the state meet at that point, early ish indicator of, of who's where, but Julie Klaus is uh, an X factor, if you will, because she hadn't run cross in the past and uh, is going to, uh, I would say projected to be, correct me if, if you think I'm wrong. Projected to be in her uh or in Columbus North's uh, top five scoring. Yes, right now she's projected as their fourth. She was their fourth today, and here's the Klaus effect. I don't know what Columbus North's chances were to win. And again, these are just numbers on a spreadsheet, right? We're actually going to run a race and settle this later on. Yeah. But uh, Columbus North's chances certainly were lower than fifty percent because Noblesville was uh, the favorite. They weren't ranked number one on INCC stats, but they were the favorite based on these projections, 2,000 or 20,000 or however many simulations of the state tournament, right? Yeah. Columbus North, as of today, after Conference Indiana and after Flash Rock, which we'll get to in a minute, Columbus yeah. North girls' chances of winning the state championship, 56.7%. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think that it was almost, to answer your question, I think it was almost the inverse, not not perfectly but i think noblesville was a, just above that 50 percent mark and columbus north was somewhere in the mid to upper 20s right in terms of percentage right. to win and i think they almost flip-flopped uh near perfectly with the addition of, of julie klaus and the performances that happened uh both at conference indy and in a flash rock today so i think uh just a total of 180 on that, but they're still relatively close. And we'll get to that later, but I, I that is a, a big, big, big change for the Bulldogs. Uh, Noblesville girls, 30% chance to win. So yeah, you're right on it. If, if Columbus North was upper twenties, Noblesville was mid fifties. They, they just kind of flipped after one addition and then, and then more, more data, which is we've doubled the number of meets now that we've seen the Columbus North girls. And we've added another meet for Noblesville. Right. Uh, on the boys' side, Columbus North boys dominate 26, Bloomington South boys 56, Bloomington North boys 61, so close between those two Bloomington schools. The winner, Clayton Guthrie of Columbus North, 1521, his teammate Will Russell, 1532, Ryan Ream of Bloomington South, 1532, and Mateo Mendez of Columbus North. 1534. So a fast course down there. The ratings bear that out, but those are potentially four of the top 25 guys in the state meet. Oh, I would say so. And I think that their performance today bears that out. But I think also the performance at Brown County last weekend bears that out as well, right? We got to see um all of yeah, certainly for those top two. Right. Uh you know, perform at a high level. So yeah, th that sounds pretty legitimate to me. Girls rating plus 14, boys rating plus 20. So that's one of the faster races that we've seen this year. Uh, let me look here on the boys' side. On the girls' side, that plus 14 is the fifth fastest race of the year, and it's one second slower than the plus 15 of the girls' elite race at the Brown County meet. And on the boys' side, it's the second fastest rating all year, and it is two seconds faster than Trinity from this week and four seconds faster than the Eagle Classic Elite race from last week. So, and this is about the time that is, is the weather will eventually start to cool down. We haven't seen it yet, but we're going to start to see some really fast times, and, and the INCC stats adjustments will rate those as as very plus as they run fast you know the boys and the girls run fast across the board yeah yeah this was the one that we were at the flash rock invitational uh at northview church in carmel hosted by westfield 
On the uh, girls' side, Noblesville, 68. Carmel, shout out, 105. Hamilton Southeastern, 130. So three potential podium teams there. They're both, they're all three ranked in the top five. I think they'll all be ranked in the top five at the end of this week. And I should know because I'm going to put those together tomorrow morning before the game. Uh, individually, a dominating performance here. Delta's Nikki Sutherland, 17, 27. Gretchen Farley from Park Tudor, who recently committed to Notre Dame for next year. Uh, 1749 and Sophia Kennedy, who is committed to Stanford, 1802. They both go to Park Tudor. Uh, what do you, what do you make of Sutherland winning pretty handily over a very talented field? Yeah, her her performance today was really impressive. So the race played out with Farley taking uh, the lead early and maintaining a gap over both Sutherland and Kennedy throughout the first, I would say, 3,500, pushing 4,000 meters, uh, and somewhere between, uh, you know, 3.5K and 4K, Nikki Sutherland made a move, and I was uh, standing there because, you know, we, you and I were, were present at that meet. I was right. standing about 800 to go, and Sutherland had opened a gap on uh Farley at that point of a few seconds and then you know Kennedy was was further back so it, it had played out with this um Farley up ahead Sutherland and Kennedy running together and then Sutherland put in a move and kept going and then obviously pulled away from the that field uh to win by 22 seconds but a lot of that was done in the final a thousand meters to maybe a thousand two hundred meters right so there there wasn't a a, a lot of uh, you know she didn't just go out and run from the gun necessarily so she kind of sat back and moved um but again you know outside of a, a lily cridge right or or maybe an Addison canablo uh you know we got to see three of the top five more than likely at the state meet compete against one another um on a course that very well mimics the state meet um in right. terms of uh difficulty and uh you know, just course layout. Um, so, you know, that maybe this bears well for, for Sutherland here, six weeks out from the state meet, you know, uh, we hadn't, you, you and I, we, as you and I haven't been able to see her uh, compete yet. Uh, and, but we had seen the park Tudor park Tudor duo uh, at least once. Um, so Sutherland again, uh, showing why she is in that conversation for a possible, uh, possible state title, but you know, more likely it, it could be a competition for for second, right? I mean, I I'm not ready to say anybody's up there with Lily Critch just yet, but uh, you know, the, the those top three looked really strong today. And I, it's it's early in the season in some regards, right? So we're six weeks back from this. We're six weeks away from the state meet. Yeah. And we're if we if you rely on six weeks, that takes us back to essentially the start of the official season. Yeah. So you know, oh, a lot of things can change, and that is true. But a twenty-two second victory, all in the last four minutes of the race, and a thirty-five second gap over someone that was you know uh, seventh last year at one of the national championships. That's it's pretty significant. Yeah, that's substantial. Yeah. And and we, you know, we, to play devil's advocate, I guess, we, we don't know necessarily what, in terms of training, Sutherland or, or Farley or Kennedy are, are doing, right? I mean, we, we at least... We don't, we don't but but that is a significant gap. It's a, it was a huge gap. There's, a, there's, no, there's no question about it, right? But... We did see Kennedy maybe, you know, be a step back, but perform well by November, December. Right. Could could she do the same again? Right. right. And I'm not, I wouldn't bet against it. I wouldn't either. So could, could she do that again? Could there be a longer term goal in mind where, yeah, this may not have been the performance she necessarily wanted or is going to hang her hat on. However, come December – 
is is she putting up a result that you and I are going to talk about here and be like, okay, we we yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? Absolutely. I, and I think this just shows what we've talked about, which is the depth among the elite girls in the state that this is a girl that was in the top 10 at East Bay Nationals last year in what is considered to be the true national championship for individuals, and rightfully so. And someone beat her today by, you know, and training varies and motivations vary and things like that. But someone beat her today by 35 seconds in 1802 Taylor on that Northview course. And it was, dude, it was a short sleeve meet. Yeah. There was never a time today when I left my house very close to that course in my undisclosed location in central Indiana that I thought maybe I should put on long sleeves. This was a short sleeve meet next week. And probably most of the meets from here on out will probably be long sleeve meets, but 1802 and, and to be 35 seconds back, it just shows how good those top five or so girls in Indiana are this year. And let's give some props to, to Gretchen Farley, right? I mean, she has now, and you know, we shouldn't, we're not trying to pit teammates against one another, right? That's not the point of, of what I'm trying to say here, but she happens to have a teammate who is nationally elite. And she has beaten her by a considerable margin today, but also uh, that happened uh, previously this season at, uh, at least the Marion County meet and maybe beyond that. So I, I only say that to say that she she's an incredible fitness, right? And she is also a nationally elite girl. Yeah, uh, she made East Bay Nationals last year as well. Right. And is going to attend the University of Notre Dame this coming fall or I guess next fall, you know, as the calendar swings around. Correct. But, um, you know, it, it, we, we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that she's she's not just, uh, you know, running. She's running at a high a very high level. Right. It's easy to lose sight because we think about Kennedy and her connection and, and all that. And, and the fact that she but look, Gretchen Farley had a phenomenal performance today regardless of the fact that Nikki Sutherland blew her out and then the final K but we we will see what happens in November December we will see we will be there well we'll virtually be there we'll watch it we'll talk about I'm, it I'm, I don't know Portland I may be there we'll see be there. uh on the boys side speaking of Portland on the boys side uh Carmel, shout out, 36, Center Grove, 78, Noblesville, 82. Individually, Cole Matisson, shout out, 1504. Closing, Cameron Todd, we call him that for a reason, 1518. And then this is your guy, you want to say the name? Tony Provenzano. 1518 for uh, the junior from Carmel. Uh, girls rating plus four, boys rating plus four. Yeah. Anything on the boys' race? Well, I nothing has changed, I would say, from when we talked last weekend, right? I think, you know, we got to see these two uh, preseason one and two teams go head-to-head uh, yet again, as we did at Brown County. And uh, Carmel looks to be the class of the field, right? Uh, in Noblesville, it was an interesting matchup between Columbus, uh, sorry, uh, Center Grove and, and Noblesville as two teams uh, in, in the mix for the second place, Columbus North being another team that we mentioned earlier uh, in contention for that runner-up spot. Uh, so, you know, we'll see there. Uh, uh, good performance out of Cameron Todd. He, he stuck on uh, Cole Matisse's shoulder for quite a bit, right? Uh, at what point, you you were obviously watching a little bit more closely. I was talking to my girls after their race, but you, uh, at what point did they separate? 2,000 meters, maybe. Okay. 2000 meters. So, you know, a, a, a good performance out of uh, Cameron Todd and then uh, obviously our boy Provenzano. And then not to mention the Greyhounds put uh, five in the top 10. Is that right? Or uh, Tommy got 13th. 13th. All right. I think, 10, we're, I think five in the top one, 13. one, one, three, nine, 10, 13. There you go. I mean, that's and in and, and a field that's stacked. Uh, so again, they're they're the class of the state right now, and everybody else is competing for second. Cool. Well, we've got our featured meet, and that happened in New Prairie, and we will get to that and some more talk after the break.
State championship winning coach Scott Litzkin shares his perspective on what it takes to achieve excellence in high school cross country. While addressing the mental and physical elements of distance running, Scott provides details about how to create successful teams. Additionally, he addresses how he overcomes pitfalls to achieve the peak of success as a high school cross country coach. His teams have won four Indiana State Championships and have competed at the Nike National Cross Country Championships three times. The book is only available on Amazon. Search for Scott Lidskin. Then we're back. Okay, we got our featured meet. We'll do some. We'll do some chatting, and uh, then we'll we'll move on to next week because it just it feels it feels good to have regularity with the season and uh can't wait for the meet next next week so here's our featured meet taylor you ready let's hit it okay have you seen this meet have you heard about this meet new prairie invite all right tight team races we're going to read you the results of the triple a team race those were the biggest schools and uh therefore assumed to be the most competitive and the numbers bear that out on the girls side valparaiso 121 Penn, 123, two-point gap there between the top two teams. East Noble, 142. Franklin Central, 144, two-point gap between the third and fourth teams. And Morgan Township, 177, a pretty tight team race among the top five. Warsaw's Joey Rastrelli, 18-15 for the win. New Prairie's Lillian Zelasco, 18-28. East Noble's Addison Lindsay, 18-40. I fancy those to be three uh, all-state contenders. Penn's yeah. Mary Eubank, 18-58. And Valparaiso's Cheyenne Stock, 19-04. What do you think? Well, uh, an impressive showing there by Valpo, right? A very, a very close finish between them and, and Penn. Uh, East Noble uh, making a case, Franklin Central uh, making the drive up to New Prairie for this very competitive meet. Uh, Morgan Township, the small school, right? I mean, this running is running up. Yeah, and they're they're showing uh, they're playing like you said, playing up here, right? Uh, doing a phenomenal job, competing right there. Uh, a, a nice to see the matchup between uh, Rastrelli and Zalesco. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I think that what we're seeing here at the New Prairie Invite is, is obviously uh, usually uh, a preview of the New Prairie semi-state meet. At least that's what uh, we typically see. And this isn't a huge surprise, right, with Valpo being up the front. However, Penn uh, has looked really good. And a semi-state scenario, can they close that gap? We'll see. Uh, but they, but they're obviously in, in a position to to move on the state meet. Be just right. and and Penn in a different Penn has been back and forth, right? So they're yeah, they were in the New Prairie one. They're now in the New Haven one. Right. They're right, right on that kind of border between the two of them. A big win here for Rastrelli. Rastrelli, this is after the fact. This is after this weekend's results factored in. On INCC stats, Rastrelli 13th, she won the race. Zalasco 7th, and Lindsay, that's Addison Lindsay of East Noble, 9th, and Rastrelli won by 13 seconds over Zalasco and 25 seconds over Lindsay. Yeah. So big, big race Rastrelli, as we call her on the streets of northern Indiana. Uh, on the boys' side, you talked about Franklin Central making the trek up there to the northwestern part of the state. Uh, went very well for their boys. The Flashes, 67 points. Valparaiso, 101. Chesterton, 126. Penn, 164. And Warsaw, 198. Those are five very likely state meet teams. It yeah. seems maybe a week too early to get into our semi-states, or maybe we just wanted to pump this podcast out and didn't have the extra half hour to leaf through them all. But uh, I think we're going to see all five of those teams at the state meet. Well, I think that might be a, a, a fairly, uh, you know, a, a fair statement here. I'm, I'm, you know, scrambling here to f- pull up the uh, New Prairie semi Scrambling Saturday. Yeah, scrambling Saturday. I'm, I'm pulling up the, the New Prairie semi-state here. 
uh, on IMCC stats, right? Uh, obviously, Franklin Central is in a different one. They're at Chilbyville, where we will see, and, and they will perform very well. But you've got, you know, Valpo is the top team on the boys' side and at New Prairie. Uh, Chesterton, uh, the third best team, according to INCC stats, uh, not too far behind the Lake Central boys. Lake Central ran some of their scores in the Frost Saw. There we go. And then Penn, uh, like you said, is a different different state. state. And then Warsaw, uh, the fifth uh, ranked team. So, yeah, we could very well. And I think Warsaw and Penn just like flip semi-states. When I I was in high school, Warsaw was in our semi-state, the the New Haven semi-state, the Fort Wayne one. Sure. Okay. And like you said, they're geographically very close uh, to what the line is. So that would that would make some sense, but you know, at, at least according to after this week in the, the advanced analytics here for the new Prairie, the top six teams are uh, Valpo, Lake central, Chesterton, Portage, Warsaw, and Laporte uh, with uh, a, a slight gap back to crown point. So uh, I think, like you said, we're seeing uh, a bit of a preview, but maybe not the full picture, no doubt. In the individual race, Valparaiso's Jimmy Dillaball, 15-51. And then, Taylor, it's not just scrambling Saturday. It was super sophomore Saturday. Liam Bauschke of Mishawaka, 15-53. Mason Nobles of Valparaiso, 15-58. So the Vikings, one and three. Not enough to beat Franklin Central. As their top runner, Braden Hinkle, we call him the Fieldhouse, 16-01. And Hanover Central's Ryan York, sixteen oh nine. It's it's not an easy course. Have you ever run at New Prairie? I have not. No. Tell me about it. Have you been? There's up there? one giant. Yes, four years of high school, and there is one gigantic hill there. And then there's kind of like a, like an up and down in the middle of the race, but that hill is massive. I mean, it, it is the biggest. Is, as far as I've ever seen from any course I've ever been to, and I've you know through four years of high school and and some years of college and all the different meets that was the biggest hill I've ever seen um you know doesn't other than that it doesn't run super slow uh however it did today girls rating minus 19 boys rating minus 14 but remember these races happened it's something along the lines of 11 30 and noon eastern time now they're on central time there in new carlisle um, so it was a little bit earlier, but it was, and it's, it's North, right. It's, it's, it's much farther North than, than say Evansville or Corden central or uh, Crawford County, something like that, where they had some meets today, even Columbus. Um, right. But it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a it's way not in Calgary, right. I mean, it's not right. that cold. Right. Uh, so it was, it was relatively warm then. Yeah. Always uh, surprising just how, how late they run up there. My gosh. Well, they got to get through the A, the double A, and the triple A. Uh, yeah. They did not ask for my recommendation, but my recommendation would be run them together and run the triple A first. Well, that would be it. Yeah. No, if you've you've obviously never seen the course. No, I haven't. Unless they run them together. No, that that is that's a non-starter. Yeah, there's no room. There's no room. Yeah, I mean there there is a massive turn, like 150 meters into it. Yeah, that'll that'll do it. So. Uh, what do you want to do? You want to do Coach's Corner? Sure, go ahead. Take All right. Uh, well, girls' first year, sir. Okay. What did you do this week? What did we do this week? All right. Um, well, we had our long run Monday, and it was uh, one of the longest runs uh, of the year. How long are uh, we talking? Well, I mean, it, I you know we're we're like I know, uh, we know it varies, but give us a give us a range here. It varies, but uh, for our best kids, I mean, it was only only about nine miles, so not crazy long, but we were making up for it later in the week uh, and doing a little bit more. Um, we did something called a uh, what's called a quality long run, and this is something that uh, I sat in and listened to from uh, former uh, Notre Dame coach Sean Carlson, who is now at Tennessee, uh, but essentially you you – yeah, but wrote him a fat, a fat check, he said, what? to a high-prized high recruit that I know pretty well. 
Yeah, he's uh, life. They asked, life. He asked why he left Notre Dame, and he said they gave me a fat check. Yeah, well, that, that'll do it. I think a uh, fat check might do do a lot of things for a lot of people. I'd so, he, yeah, yeah, he. Uh, so anyway, then the quality long run, uh, as he terms it, or as we uh, use it uh, and have tried it out here, involves a, a little warm up period and then a short break. And then a run uh, of a longer distance, five, six miles, what have you, um, at a pace that's uh, slightly slower than maybe a lactic threshold. Uh, and then, so, you know, not crazy fast. We're not, we're not cooking, you know, we're not, we're just staying controlled. Uh, and, and then, you know, we have a little cool down added on, right? Uh, so that was our Monday, and then we had a little mileage in on Tuesday. Wednesday, we went and did some uh, continuous intervals at uh, Northview because uh, you and I are very fortunate to have such a great cross-country course right down the street from us. Oh, nice. uh, some continuous intervals there at Northview Church uh, where we got to race today. Uh, and then Thursday, Friday, some, uh, you know, again, some solid mileage, get it in. And then uh, Saturday, obviously, you, you know, we raced at the Flash Rock Invitational. So that was uh, the the girls' side. The, what do the boys have going on this week? Well, we, you know, we've got a lot of various things. I would imagine that there's a lot of things going on because we've got a lot of different guys. We've got a lot of different ability levels and former training and all that kind of stuff. So I, you know, I, I would imagine that when people listen to this, what they really want to know is what did your what did your best boys do? The ones that ran on Saturday in the, in the varsity race do. Right. right, right. So we kind of had two different plans there based on how much mileage they run. So if they ran, if they typically run 50 or fewer miles in a week on Monday in central Indiana, it was a high of about 60 degrees. Yeah. And maybe it got up to like 63. I don't know, but it was, it was nice. It was the nicest day we've had all year. Right. So some of those boys, you know, these were, these are two of our, two of our scores today and three of our top six boys did their PPM, their hard threshold run. So those, those three boys ran five and a half miles. One yeah. of them ran it at five thirteen pace per mile. One of them ran it at five eighteen pace per mile. And our sixth guy ran it at 526, 528 pace per mile for five and a half miles nonstop because uh, it was nice outside. Uh, the other guys did their long run on Monday and then uh, Tuesday ran, you know, ran their whatever their run, their mileage, their easy run. Uh, Wednesday, they doubled. So they got up and ran in the morning you know, three or four miles from home and then another seven, eight, nine at, I want to say at school, but it wasn't at school because we went out to Northview because we're trying to maximize the amount of running that we do on grass to minimize our chances of some sort of overuse injury, right. From impact. Right. Um, so yeah, I, you know, of our, of our first, you know, of our 12 finishers today in the varsity, I think eight of them didn't didn't do any sort of workout at all. They ran their long run one day, one day they ran twice, and the other days they ran once. And, you know, most of those days were seven or eight miles and went out and they shut the gun off and they ran hard today. So I guess today was kind of their workout. Trying to limit limit the amount of hard running while maximizing the amount of volume for what's appropriate for their training age, essentially. Sure. Yeah. Seems to make sense. We like that. Any so, uh, any highlights from the meet today? Any what? I'm sorry. Any highlights from the meet? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I uh, in terms of my team or just overall or just overall. Yeah. Yeah. Senior overall, day, right? Yeah. So, yeah. You and I had a, a senior day there. Very informal senior at, day uh, at our home course, even though. Uh, well, very informal, yeah. Uh, even though it was a uh, Westfield's uh, meet, uh, there uh, some other staff very graciously let us uh, use the microphone and speakers uh, as we announced our senior girls and boys at the meet. Um, so that that was a lot of fun for them uh, to give a little bit of recognition there uh, in our last, you know, quote unquote home meet. Again, we weren't the host, but it was in our backyard. Uh, My favorite course is Laverne Gibson. So are all the boys. 
and and you know maybe next year we get to do the uh senior night uh, a couple weekends later at the nike twilight why not just add to it Colin? <laughs> emphasis on well, night why not have a, a later night why not i mean you know we're already up i could think of a million reasons yeah get those in for sure uh, but you know, I, I was really uh, excited about how my girls competed and r- really proud of them. And uh, they executed our, our little game plan uh, very well. And then in terms of the whole state, uh, as you know, more people are interested in, uh, I, I, you know, it's hard to uh, miss the excitement uh, of Sutherland uh, closing and outpacing uh incredibly talented uh rivals and 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 Farley and Kennedy uh other uh girls who will be all state projected to be all state I think that's pretty uh, fair to say uh and and you know Nadia Perez and and Maggie Powers and and Jasmine Klopstead and and Uh the twins uh you know it was it was just a really deep uh deep meet uh, and it was a, a lot of fun to to witness and watch. And like you said, we get we got a, a little bit of advantage of having the the first race of the day at nine a.m. when it wasn't too terrible. Uh, still a short so, sleeve meet. Still a short sleeve meet throughout. Uh, but you know, uh, much better at nine a.m. So, yeah, we're yeah we're really excited. And um, for our team, uh, the, the you know the, both the boys and the girls uh, will go to Shelbyville next Saturday for the long goal. sleeve meet invite and that will be a long sleeve meet maybe a hoodie even in the morning uh given the forecast depending on how how you deal with it uh but yeah uh, shelbyville uh invite a golden bear and uh, many other teams will have uh something called a conference meet colin uh not something that you and i are familiar with anymore but so hcc and mick will have a conference meet we were very planning um, on an hcc preview this yeah. week because that's going to be a very competitive meet and the times could be astounding given the forecast is it a noblesville or brownsburg year it is at noblesville yeah okay times good. could be astounding but both those courses are fast yeah. um i heard today that at the mick that has six schools that they are limited <laughs> oh god I can't even get it out, but it's uh, true. Do you want me to say <laughs> no, no, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> they're, limiting, they're limiting the varsity to seven runners. I know. I know. And there's six schools. Well, and, and that within those six schools, they don't all have <laughs> seven runners, right? I mean, there are one, there's at least one school that I'm thinking of. <laughs> That doesn't have a complete. They're gonna have forty finishers. Yeah, I, it is. What it is, is this? Nineteen ninety two. This is a dual meet. Well, no, of course. Oh my not. gosh. Um. Yeah, you know it. It is. It is sad and it's indicative. Oh, uh, can't wait for Shelby though. You know, w- whatever. <laughs> but uh, luckily, uh, you can't you know, fire me. I quit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know we got fired. We didn't. We didn't quit. We, we got unceremoniously kicked out of that. You didn't get severance uh, pay. Uh, we got nothing. We got a kick in the butt. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you on out. the way out. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Victor but, Oladipo treatment. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, what are you going to do? So it, it, it is what it is. <laughs> we're going to go to Shelbyville is what we're going to do, Taylor. Yeah, we're going to Shelbyville. And um, it's a great opportunity for our, our girls and our boys to get a run in on the semi-state course. Uh, and uh, it, it, the weather will cooperate. And the Shelbyville course, if you have never been there, it is uh, flat and wide open. And uh, there are some sweeping turns and some switchbacks, very similar to Laverne, actually. Uh, but it yeah, is, it's, it's a more all... spectator-friendly Laverne. Flat yeah. Open. It's Laverne, Laverne. Laverne is the mecca. I'm not suggesting that we move any of our meets, but I I would push back hard against moving from Laverne. Yeah, Shelby. over yeah, over my dead body. Yeah, it is. It's it does the trick. It's not uh, Northview Church, but uh, politics at play dictate that we can't have the very so sensitive cameras. Apparently, that can't pick up slightly crumpled bibs um so anyways today at the meet highlight for me parent corner here yeah i hit it they shoot 
I told you this already, but you know, I didn't tell all 480 listeners. Oh, she, let's give us 500 here. I mean, we're we're moving up in the world. Well, you are, yeah, you are the people's champ. They shoot, they shoot the gun off, and my son's standing there watching. Uh, my wife brought him to the meet, his mother, and uh, my own mother came too. She met you. She told you that you're she you're her second favorite uh, Indiana runner. Podcast I did. I tried to egg her on to give me a little bit of uh, ego boost, and, and yeah, she not. She I was not. her favorite, and yeah, she not falling for that. She, yeah, she was not. She was uh, she was you know uh, a good. She stood strong. She was your mom. So she was a mom. This is this is at the beginning of the race, Kathleen, when he said it. Okay, she nodded. <laughs> So they shoot the gun off. They're standing there. They watch, you know, where everybody's standing at flash rock. They watch all the runners go by. And Solomon looks up at Kathleen and goes, I can run faster than that. Oh, I just love that. I love and then, that. And then I, after, as she told me that after the race, and I, I made him go up and tell your boy, Provenzano, he was like, I could go faster than that. And Tony goes, well, let's see it. Just watch Solomon run around for about two minutes. Uh, we love that. What a, what a guy. What a guy. What a guy. Cool. Uh, well, I heard some of you uh, come up to me and say that my Colts, uh, my Colt predictions were off because I predicted that the Colts would go undefeated. And I just want to let you know at nine o'clock now on Sunday night before the game tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm still right. The Colts are still undefeated. So I don't they haven't know. lost. You're right. They've they not lost yet. Lost. Right. That's it's very fair. Uh, they are still undefeated and have so we you know we as in uh, you and I and, and maybe Jason Rigsby or, or one of the other boys assistant coaches kind of went back and forth and said well if you're zero zero and one what is your percentage right like what are your right. and uh, according to at least the ESPN app we we are 500 so zero zero and one is is enough to be five hundred so that is uh that is where your Colts stand now i did see uh i didn't read the article obviously but yeah who's have that i just made my assumptions based off a tweet and that tweet came from the indy star and they said that oh, this the is, yeah this is a won. great summarization of our world hey by the way didn't i don't know anything but uh this is what i saw as i scrolled through yeah 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 all right well what what'd you see doc rivers on twitter well, uh, oh boy yikes uh i didn't see that yet uh the uh i saw that uh the colts have not won at jacksonville for the past seven games past seven games in jacksonville do we seven. break i think that? it's seven d taylor i think they cut one of the numbers uh, it, off. Feels, it feels that way it's probably one in 70 but the best seven games calling do we break that streak tomorrow morning no i feel horrible I feel horrible about that game. Shaq Leonard, uh, formerly known as Darius Leonard, is not going to play. He is out with a back injury. So uh, it, can Jonathan Taylor run the the darn ball? Can I say Can I say the other word? Is that a I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. He, family break. Even like, I know they put on hats and stuff, but I, I, I'd have to call, I'd have to call Dr. Leininger and find out. I'm not willing to do that. All right. Yeah. 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 He's can, out can, right can now. Can you just run the ball? I, I don't know, man. Yeah. Dude, so there was a picture. If you're still listening, then, you know, this is what you're listening for, I guess. So, you know, like you get on Facebook and you can see like, this is, oh, three years ago, this is what I put up. And two years ago, 15 years ago, whatever. So yeah. I'm scrolling through that and I see one of three years ago. And it's me holding up my my son before we go you know like my dad comes down for the games we're going out to eat and then my dad and i go to the game and and my mom and and kathleen my wife stay home you know with the kids and watch it on tv whatever and um i'm holding him up and i had like a makeshift someone had given us like an andrew luck like an infant jersey yeah so i i taped over that with the number seven and i was like hey we're wearing and i had my jacoby percent jersey on right the 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 the, the highly publicized Jacoby Brissett jersey, big Brissett boys over here. We've had, my son is three years old. The Colts have had like, and not just, oh, this guy got hurt and the backup came in. The Colts have had four starting quarterbacks in his lifetime. Yeah. Well, just, That's nuts. I when know. I was a kid, we had the same guy for 12 years. Yeah. You know, I, 
I hope that Matt Ryan can can get it done for the time being. But I think yeah, but you drafting a young kid who they will. I mean, remember, you know, I I kind of go back to this, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers situation, right? Brett Favre was still playing in Aaron Rodgers set. Brett Favre has covered himself in glory in the last couple of days. Well, I'm not defending the man and his character. I'm just saying that he, as a player, was the starter for Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers set the bench for two years at least. Right. Uh, and he, you know, things worked out for, for him as he learned how to do it. And, uh, you know, having a contingency plan, I think they learned after the Manning surgery issue. Uh, I think we did have a contingency plan. The contingency plan was we're going to be horrible and draft uh, the next greatest quarterback with a uh, contingency yeah. plan. Didn't say he was going to quit after six years and get to keep all his money. You know what? I just keep all his money and then be on, you know, you know, Whatever that uh, WFYI. Why do what, what do I what do I why do I care? This is what I said to my father in law last week as I'm watching the game. What do I? Yeah, I'm like going nuts. I'm texting you. I'm texting my dad. I'm texting some <laughs> other. Like, yeah, we yeah. just we have these you know three great cross country races. My professional life is going very well. You know, teaching us fine. Like <laughs> you got two kids that are reasonably well behaved. Like what do I care? Well, what one, one is very well behaved. She can't do much more than just you know. Well, that's true. The other well, one, is, the other one is telling all the kids <laughs> on my it? team they're he's faster <laughs> than they are. I guess you got to get him yeah. eligible. But oh, like, what do, why do I? Why do I care? What do I care so much? What do oh, I care whether we run the ball on second down or throw an incomplete pass? How do you feel about uh, fantasy football? You want to talk about that? You are you in a fantasy? I'm not. I'm not that into it. I got roped into a league that I. Really uh, I have. I have a league. It's it's relatively serious. We've had it for like ten years. I I'm not as into it as some of the other people. I think that's their main social outlet. But really, I'm not. Yeah, I I, I want to get my out social of- outlet is coaches lunch after the Saturday meets. We had a bunch of coaches out today. It was great. We did. It was it was a uh, Carmel represented, obviously, but also uh, Fishers and Westfield and North Central. Yeah, so it's quite a lunch. You got yeah. wings, buffalo wrap, whatever you wanted. Yeah, Head you know on home. That, that is a grass. great part of the sport. Is that a lot of the coaches are willing to meet with one another and talk to one another and share. Uh, hey, what are you doing every day? Kind of thing. Like you and I might come on the podcast and say, Hey, here's what we do. But a lot of other coaches are also, uh, at least in the, in a small group scenario that you know you and I interact with, willing to say, uh, "Here's here's what we're doing, and here's what we think, and here's this and that." And you know, un- unlike you know maybe a, a, a ball sport where you know you've right. got a, a playbook or whatever, and you're not willing to say this or that, uh, that's that's a big plus for our sport. Well, and it's a you know. Those other, you know, basketball, soccer, football, those are zero-sum games. We play one-on-one on on a Friday night, and there's a winner and a loser. That's it, essentially. Our sport is not a zero-sum game. Right, right. And I think that's why it's, you know, it's it's a little more open. I think that's why that's why this podcast is a is can be run by coaches and we you and i don't necessarily have to worry about divulging too much information because it's not a zero-sum game right so all right well i'll see you soon and uh i'll text you tomorrow during the game as i'm uh honestly i'm probably gonna be super frustrated because there's there's two parts to football on offense you can run the ball which the colts are good at or yeah. you can pass the ball, and when you pass the ball, the quarterback throws it to people who catch it, and the Colts don't have many of those players uh, that are good at catching it. So yeah. available for tomorrow's game. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. I don't know. Hopefully, we get it done. Uh, if we can't, that's a what do I? What do what do I? What do I care? One. What do oh, I care? And one. Uh, you care a lot, and I care a lot because this is what we do. Yeah competitive man you're you're very competitive you and i are both yeah i know you're right really invested you know what though cross country is going great it is yeah we have we might have the most competitive state in the union um i per capita per capita okay there we go most competitive state in the union per capita
Yeah. I think that's very fair. And I think that uh, the numbers bear that out. And uh, I would love to, you know, push, put, put us against others uh, at Nike cross regionals. We get the chance and then full locker nationals and, uh, the same piece about Nike uh, Nationals, uh, which will, is back again this year. Officially right? back. Officially back. Yeah. Officially back. This Portland is live, baby. Potentially looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks, man.